today on Kingdom Rock Radio. There'll be a group of people in the body who will decide, I don't want just church anymore. I want an encounter with God. I want Him. Today we're going to hear part number three of the series entitled The Holy Spirit and You. It is subtitled The Character of the Holy Spirit. So get ready, relax, here comes the rich word of God. Tonight, Father, we welcome you in this place. We welcome the presence of your Holy Spirit. We welcome you and we honor you. We just ask that you would just have your way in this place. We know that you want to commune with us. We know that you want to commune with us. And Lord, we want to commune with you. So Lord, we drop all barriers tonight. We drop all hindrances. And Father, your word declares that we should enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise. We don't want to break your protocol. So Father, we declare that we're thankful tonight for everything that you've done. We just bless you tonight and we praise you and we honor you. Lord, we lay, we cast our cares at your feet because that is where they belong. They are to be cast down and never to be a burden. So Lord, we cast these cares, these worries, these insecurities, these doubts, the stress of the day, stress of the moment. Lord, we just cast them all at your feet because you care for us. You want us to be free to worship you, free to honor you, free to love you, and, and free to adore you. You want us to be free. And indeed, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So tonight, Father, we just release ourselves to the freedom afforded to us by the Holy Spirit. So great Holy Spirit tonight, we enter in into your presence. We enter in into your throne room. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, great Holy Spirit, come, come, come. Lead us into all truth. Show us things to come. We reverence you. We honor you. We thank you. We welcome your presence. We knock down the barriers now. We open the doors to you tonight. We bless you and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Let every hungry heart say amen. Oh, we thank the Lord Jesus. We thank him so much. He is magnificent. He is magnanimous. He is awesome. He is wonderful. You know, and more than ever, as we go into the message, more, more than ever, I see why the Lord gives us that protocol of entering his gates with thanksgiving and entering his courts with praise. Because unless you're thankful and praising him, you're not going to really get anything out of it. So many cares and stresses of the day, 
could be on your mind, worried about this person, worried about that person, worried about the bills. And when you're worried or when your mind is consumed with worry, you're not going to praise. So the Lord says, free yourself. And one way to free yourself is begin to think about the Lord's goodness. And when you think about the Lord's goodness, you become thankful. So he says, when you enter the gates, when you enter the doors, do it with thanksgiving. When you open the door, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Not just, not, not the phony, not the phony church, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Not the phony thank, thank the, the phony thanksgiving that pacifies, that pacifies people, but real, genuine thanksgiving. Real, genuine thanksgiving. I wonder what would happen if God were to give us a spiritual thanksgiving detector. As people would come in the door, I have ushers at the door, one, you know, with the wand, beep, ding. Hold your arms out. Beep. I don't feel any Thanksgiving. Get out. Uh, go get some Thanksgiving and come back. I'm not detecting any Thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? You enter in with Thanksgiving. I come thankful. If you got to warm your thankfulness up when you leave the house, when you're on the road coming, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. And when you get here, you're so full of thanks that you can't help but to release praise. You can't help but to release praise. You can't help. You came to praise him. You came to honor him. You came to give him thanksgiving. You're so full. So full of thanksgiving. So full. So full, so full, so full. So full of thanksgiving. So full. I guarantee you, no matter how bad it may seem to be, there is somebody else that would love to be in your shoes. I guarantee you. You are on a higher level than someone else. And they would love to have your problems. Love to have them. Love to have them. So I pray that uh, we'll always keep those things in remembrance to enter in with thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and, and, and enter his course with praise, being thankful unto him and, and blessing his name. Well, as you know, we're in a series on Wednesday nights entitled The Holy Spirit and You. The Holy Spirit and You, that divine partnership that God has initiated by himself. And we're going to start tonight in the book of John, John, the 14th chapter. We have already done a lot of groundwork here in parts one and part two, talking about um, uh, the flow of the spirit, the direction of the spirit, the third dimension, um, the beginnings we see the Holy Spirit in the beginnings there in the book of Genesis and how he moved upon the prophets and the, uh, the judges and the priests and the kings there in the Old Testament, even on up um, to the new. And we see how he was active in every, at the start of every major event. 
And how the Lord Jesus even said himself, told the apostles, don't go anywhere. Don't leave Jerusalem until he comes. Until he comes. He, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He is a person. He is a person. And it cannot be grieved. And it cannot love. I'm telling you, and it cannot help, but he can. And let's start there. Tonight we want to briefly speak from the subject, from the under, from the subtitle of understanding the character of the spirit. Understanding the character of the Holy Spirit. Because in many cases in scripture, we'll look at these tonight, you'll find that that the Father wants us to yield to the Holy Spirit, even to submit ourselves to His Spirit. And you're going to find it very difficult yielding and submitting and giving yourselves away to someone that you don't know. If you don't know their character. Remember we said that uh, even on last week that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the house. We are His house. But sometimes we still gain control and ownership of the house. We know that we are his house. He he bought us. He purchased us. This is his house. And knowing that sometimes we, we look over that and we still feel that, hey, this is my place. We give ourselves to the Lord and rather we receive Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior. And the Holy Spirit then begins to move into his own house. And on many occasions, we find him sitting in a corner somewhere because we've said, all right, yes, this is your place, but you can't come over here. You can't. No, don't mess with that room. Don't mess with my stuff over there. You can stay here. Yes. And I'm glad that you're here, but you stay over there. He is in the house, but he has not filled the house. He's in the house, but we have not fully submitted and yielded unto him. It is a difference between um, drinking water and being baptized in that water, being fully immersed or soaked in the pool. Okay, so eventually we're going to get to we're going to get to the gifts of the spirit. We're going to get to speaking in tongues as the spirit of God gives you utterance. We want to get into the supernatural parts uh, of the Spirit of God and the power that he brings. But it doesn't make us that all that doesn't make us uh, won't do us any good if we don't trust him. If we don't trust him. Now, let me say this again before we really get started. When the Spirit of God comes and you really release your life to him. Some people say, well, I, I, I don't, I don't want to be filled with the Holy Spirit because I, I don't understand him. I, I don't want to act all crazy. I see what people do when they get filled with the Holy Spirit, and, and, and I don't want to do that. I, I, I don't want to act all crazy. I don't, I don't want him to make me uh, do like the prophets in the Old Testament, just lay on my side and, or for years and, you know, all that. I, I don't want to do all these crazy things. I don't want to do all these crazy things. You know, when the Holy Spirit comes, he knows you. 
And he knows also what job and what function he called you to perform. If he called you to be a power tool like a drill, he's not going to put butter on you and cause you, you pull the trigger and you spread the butter on the bread that way. (laughs) Two different functions. He didn't call you for that. He said, I can't see myself doing that. I can't see myself doing this. Maybe because he didn't call you to do that. We get lost in the notion of I'm going to act crazy. I don't want to be like this and that. Well, maybe that's their function. Maybe that's what they do when the spirit of God comes upon them. They come alive when the spirit of God comes in. And that's what they do. You say, I just can't see myself doing that. Well, maybe you're not supposed to see yourself amen, doing that. Amen, amen, amen. Understand something. The Spirit of God knows you. Amen, amen. And he also knows how to get the best use out of you. Some people get afraid of losing their identity. If I See, these are things that those that are really seeking the Spirit of God or have an interest in really him filling the whole place. These are some notions that some have. I don't want to lose my identity. If, if, if he comes, then, then there'll be, I'm praying all of him and none of me. I'll lose my identity. No, because he gave you your identity. Amen. He gave you your personality. Amen. He made you different. Amen. He made you unique. And it is your uniquenesses that he will empower to do greater works. You understand? If he made you to be a purple flower in a garden... And he comes on you, you won't instantly turn pink. He knows how to decorate his own garden. So if anything, he will empower you to shine really purpley. Are you understanding? And you'll give out the most beautiful smell because he will empower you to do what you were called to do from the foundation of the world. So you won't have someone else's assignment. Don't even covet someone else's assignment or gift. Maybe God, when the Holy Spirit comes on this individual, he's able to blow on people. (gasps) Well, then that's what the Holy Spirit does in them. Don't covet that. Because that may not be your function. Do you understand? He's not general. That is, he doesn't cover a broad spectrum and treat everybody the same he knows exactly who you are he knows exactly what he called you to do he knows your personality he knows your fears your doubts your insecurities he knows your worries and he also knows your greatest strengths and he knows how to bring it out of you if we just listen to him are you hearing so understanding his character Understanding his character. Also note this, that he is able to take you to the highest heights and deepest, deepest depths and allow you to experience the utter ecstasy of his presence. There'll be a group of people in the body who will decide, I don't want just church anymore. Just what we call church in the United States. I don't want just this run of the mill thing. I want an encounter with God. I want 
him. And there comes a hunger. There comes a thirst on the inside of them. And these are the, these are the generation that are really saying, Lord, they're asking these questions. Lord, will I lose my identity? I want to give it all to you, but I just, I just have that question. Will I, will I do all these things over here? I want to do it all, but I just got this question. And it is to those individuals that God speaks to tonight. And he tells you, don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. We can lose ourselves in the spirit of God. I tell you, even yesterday as I was walking through the mall, my brother, my elder brother, uh, natural brother, um, I received the call yesterday and they said he had a, a massive heart attack. Well, when I got off the phone, I immediately began to draw my sword. I began to get in my prayer position. I know my rights. I began to go for my sword. You're going to attack somebody? Okay. You're calling for the horns now. You don't know who I am. You don't know whose I am. I began to unsheathe my sword. And instantly I heard the Holy Spirit say, it's not all that. I said, oh, okay. Shing. Put it right back in and I began to speak peace. I began to speak peace and I began to pray in the spirit. I began to pray in the spirit and the Lord gave me a vision. I saw my brother there in the hospital and they were rolling him out in the, in the wheelchair there going home a few days later. Uh, and I saw that they would give him some medication to take by mouth and that everything would be all right. Call my mom. Of course, she's, she's very nervous. She's very uh, worried, but I, began to try to assure her this is what the Holy Spirit said. So as I began to continue to pray in the spirit, began to pray in the spirit, began to speak peace over her, peace over the family, got to the hospital. When I arrived there, the nurse said uh, he's, they downgraded it to a mild heart attack from massive everything blocked to mild. I said, look at the Holy Spirit. Look at the Lord moving greatly. See, what the enemy meant for evil, and I'm sure was heading that way. I'm sure was heading that way. Uh-uh, you want, you want me? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? You see, that is because I know my rights in the kingdom of God. Okay, I know my rights in the kingdom of God. All right. But we'll talk more about um, praying in the spirit and, and what the Holy Spirit does. And, and the power that he wells up inside of you. And how every born again believer actually has the potential of being filled with the Holy Spirit. That is God's design for you. That's your third dimension. That's God's design for you. My God, we'll go this way just for a moment. Remember how on Sundays as the Lord is dealing with us. He's dealing with us about the golden compass and how to turn your life. And for the last few Sundays, he's dealing with us about the power of the tongue. Yes, yes. Comparing the tongue to a bit in the horse's mouth or a helm or rudder on a ship. And how the Lord said, through the words that you speak, through the answer of your mouth, your life will turn certain directions. 
And we began to say, let us, let us begin to declare the words of God over our lives. Let us begin to speak in the direction that we want to go. Let us begin to declare what he said. And let us begin to have others around us that are speaking good things around us. Let us not receive trash anymore, nor trashy talk. Don't need any of that stuff in our lives anymore because we're headed in a specific direction. I want you. I want you, Lord. I want an intimate relationship with you. I want to be with you, my true love. I want to be with you. And as we're speaking about the power of the tongue and how the tongue moves us in the direction and in God's will, the Lord begins to reveal to me <clears throat> the reason why on the day of Pentecost, he didn't give them uh, gifts of miracles. That wasn't the first sign or gifts of healings or or uh, prophetic words or or uh, they weren't floating everywhere. No, he gave them the gift of the heavenly language. When the Spirit of God came upon them, there was, it was like a, it came in as a rushing mighty wind, and it was like clothes, clothing tongues of fire. Not the tongue, of course, that's in your mouth fire, but the tongues of fire, like in the fireplace, how, to, how the tips of the fire are, they call those tongues. So the tongues of fire were upon their head, and they began to speak. Why was the Lord giving them the ability to speak? Because it is the tongue that controls your direction. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to control our direction by praying in the spirit, praying with the spirit in other tongues, as the spirit of God gives us utterance, what does he do? He begins to turn your life in a certain direction. He begins to fashion your life in a certain direction. So you can expect as you pray in the spirit, as you pray with the spirit, pray in other tongues as he gives you utterance. He is beginning to turn the course of your life. Just like the rider on the horse that takes the reins, that takes the bridle and turns the horse left or right or the helmsman that turns the boat. So the Holy Spirit begins to turn our lives and put us on course to a destiny. Amen. To a destiny. So each time that you pray in the spirit, he shapes things and he forms things ahead of us. Always ahead of us. If he deals with your past, he's dealing with your past emotionally in you. Amen. Are you hearing? Amen. But he's dealing with what's ahead of you, setting things in order, setting things in motion ahead of you. Because he knows if you continue to walk this way, sooner or later, you're going to cross that particular area. And as you pray in the spirit, pray with the spirit, he sets things in order before you. The Bible says that he leads you into all truth and he shows you things to come as you pray in the spirit. Now, this is the gift that the father chose to give to the body. This is the initial sign. The turning. The ability to turn your life, to shape and to fashion your life where it needs to go. The father knows that direction. Isn't that wonderful? That is so wonderful. I pray you heard that word. John 14, John 14, verse 15, um, verses 15 through 17, it's 17, it says this, as we speak about the uh, understanding the character of the Holy Spirit. You know this well, it says, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments, the Lord Jesus says here, 
He said, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you what? Another comforter. Say another three times. Another, another, another. He will give you another comforter that he may abide with you how long? Forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Now, we're going to look at that just for a moment, probably for the remainder of our time. There is so much more, but we just want to be very sensitive to the leading of the spirit. Notice what the Bible says here. The, the Lord says, I will send you. He said, I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter, another comforter. If we're in the grocery store, <clears throat> uh, or rather if we're in the candy store, and um, let's say we all take a church field trip and we send little Ron and Nicholas into the candy store. Let's say little Ron is in the back of the church bus and he is enjoying himself a snicker bar, a snicker bar. And uh, Miss Ware wants a snicker bar. Okay. She sees that Nicholas is not doing anything at the moment. So we got little Ron a snickers bar the last stop. So she tells Nicholas, get me another snicker bar. Okay. Nicholas goes in and what does he pick up? Oh, wow. We're intelligent tonight. That's right. We pick up, he picks up a Snickers bar. If he picks up a Kit Kat, that wouldn't be another. If he picks up an apple or orange, it would be healthier, but that would not be another. He has, in order for him to get another Snickers bar, he has to go and then find another Snickers bar. He has to find a Snickers bar and bring it back. And then he would have fulfilled that commandment. So when we get back into the car and begin to head down the road, little Ron has a Snickers bar and Miss Ware has a Snickers bar because she wanted, she sent Nicky and get her one. Okay. So they both, now we have two Snickers bars in the van and everybody else is hungry. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So the Lord said, I will send you another comforter. In other words, someone that is like me. Someone that is like me. I've heard people say throughout the years, oh, I wish I'd been there uh, back in Bible times to, to see the Lord, to talk to him and to, and to walk with him. I could tell him all about my troubles. He was right there. The Lord said, I'm sending you someone else that's like me. That's exactly like me. So you don't need to go back in Bible times. You don't need to get a, to make a time machine to know Jesus. Jesus said, I'm sending you someone that's like me. I'm sending you another one of me. Another me is going to be in you. He says, another comforter. So Jesus to the disciples was a comforter. He said, I'm sending you another. Now let's look at the word comforter for a moment. The word comforter in the Greek means summoned or comforter means summoned. It means called to one side. I'm sending you someone that is like me 
that is called to be by your side. He said, uh, it goes on to say, especially uh, to one's aid, one who pleads another's cause with one. And I love this. Comforter also means an intercessor. An intercessor. An intercessor is one who pleads his case before a judge. So I'm sending, the Lord said, I will send you another comforter. So I'll send you someone that is like me. Someone that will give you comfort. Someone that will be by your side. Someone that will give you aid. Someone that will uh, be your intercessor who will be praying for you. I'm sending him to you. I'm sending you another one of me. Are you with me? Comforter also means helper. I'm sending you some help. I want to send my ever ask God, God, send me some help. Yes. He said, I'm sending you some help. Yes, help. Yes, well, how did the Lord help? Just look. How would the Holy Spirit help us? Just look and see how Jesus helped the disciples. Yes, they never wanted for anything. The Lord was always there, right by their side, ready to pull them through. And if they messed up, he was there to pick them up and put them on the right course. Are you hearing? Amen. So he said, uh, now the word comfort also means um, sukur. Now sukur, S-U-C-C-O-U-R-E-R. That means help. It means assistance, especially in difficult times. Right, he said, I'm sending you one that's going to be like me that will help you, especially in difficult times. The Holy Spirit. Comforter also means, like we said, one who aids or an assistant. Wow. Now, look at this. So the Lord said, I'm sending another me to you. He is not a mini me. He is also fully God on the inside of you. So I'm sending you another comforter. So, so why are we going over this night? Now, whenever the Lord reveals something to you, you need to catch it, catch a hold of it and say, Lord, I receive that for myself and begin to believe for that. Because how can you believe for something unless you have, have heard it? How can you stand for it unless you've heard it? And then you take it in and then you can apply the things to your life. So if we say nothing else tonight, you know, when you walk out that door, you can begin to pray, Lord, you are my comforter and I receive you. Holy Spirit, I receive you as my comforter. I receive you as my helper. I receive you as my intercessor. I receive you as my help, especially in the time of need. I receive you the same way Jesus was with the disciples. That's the same way you are with me. And I receive you. I receive you. I receive you. And as you begin to pray that, well, what begins to happen? That begins to manifest in your life. As we've said many times before, you people aren't saved just because it's written in the Bible. They get saved because they heard it, they believed it, then they begin to walk in it. Right? He is the comforter, true enough. But will he be your comforter? See, tonight you are hearing it. You must believe it and say, as for me and my life, this is so. And then you begin to walk in this. And then it begins to come to pass in your life. Isn't that something? 
Now look again. So the Lord said, this comforter who is the Holy Spirit, who is another Jesus, he will, buy, he will abide with you or live with you or indwell you forever. That is the comfort that I know now. I'll also know that that comforter, that same comforter, will be with me forever. How will we know how to walk into heaven? How will we know how to act in the manifest presence of God as we see pure, unadulterated power? How will, how will you know how to perform? How, what would you know how to do? Would you stand? Would you fall out? What would you do? What's the proper protocol to stand before the king of glory? What is it? What is it? Well, the Holy Spirit will lead you into truth. truth, truth, truth. He'll guide you in what to say. He'll guide you into what to do. He'll guide you because he'll be with you forever. Constantly leading me into truth. In that relationship, my guide forever. I'll never be alone. You'll never be alone. Isn't that wonderful? Never be alone. Let's wrap it up here in verse number 17. It says, even the spirit of truth. Now, here's something very important. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Cannot receive. Now, here's the point the Lord is bringing out. The spirit of truth, who is the Holy Spirit, the world cannot receive him. Now, the world, of course, we know is not talking about the planet, not talking about earth, but talking about the people that are on the earth. Right. Uh, The lost that are out there, the ungodly. He said they cannot receive him. Impossible. This, of course, gives reference back to John, the third chapter. As the Lord told Nicodemus, hey, you must be born again. And then he told him, you cannot even see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. He said the world cannot receive him. Why? Now, if we understand why the world can't receive him, we will also understand why um, some of us have not received him. Okay. And if we take the flip of that, the opposite of that, we'll know how to receive him even more. Let me show you what I'm talking about. He said the world cannot receive him. Why is that, Lord Jesus? Why can't the world receive the Holy Spirit? Bible says here, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. Now to see, of course, means to look at, means to behold. It means also uh, in the Greek to to view mentally it means to consider it means to perceive with the eyes to enjoy the presence of one to discern the world the ungodly they can't receive him because they don't see him they don't consider him i can't imagine someone um somewhere doing some some things or either people in the bed you know, doing that or people getting drunk or doing that. I cannot imagine them considering, hey, wait, man, wait a second. Wait a second. Let's think about the Holy Ghost. Let's consider his ways. I can't imagine them doing that. I, I can't imagine them 
considering him consider let's consider his godliness as we're about to break in this place and steal all this money let's consider how good he is let's consider his holiness let's consider let's consider him for a minute wait a second before you break that glass let's stop and meditate on the goodness of the holy spirit He said the world can't have him, cannot receive him. Receive means to take in, to take hold. Receive it, to pull it into yourself. They won't pull, the world won't pull him into themselves because he is truth. Because once they're about to take this rock and throw it into this glass, and if they stop to consider, this is wrong. Sally, I can't come over tonight. This is wrong. What you mean, buddy? Well, I've been meditating on the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? The world cannot see him. In other words, they're not considering him. They don't want to consider truth. They want to stay in darkness. They don't want their works revealed. So Lord said they're not going to receive him because they, they don't want to. They don't want to consider it. They're enjoying what they're doing. He said they cannot receive him because it seeth him not. They don't, they don't want to see him. They don't want to consider him. They don't want to look or gaze at him. At truth. When you're in the wrong, you don't want somebody. And you're enjoying your wrong, you don't want nobody to kill your buzz. To kill your party. To bring you down. Praise the Lord. He says it sees him not, neither knoweth him. They don't have a relationship with him. He said, but you know him. For he dwell with you. What do you mean you dwell? Lord, what are you talking about? Where is he? This should sort of race and flash. What do you mean? He dwell with me, Jesus? Is he behind you, Mark? No. How about you, Luke? No. You, Peter? No. What do you mean you're dwelling with me, Jesus? They understood that he was talking about himself. The spirit of God, the Lord says in the book of uh, Luke, and he says in Isaiah, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. They could see the spirit of God upon the Lord Jesus Christ. They knew he was talking. So when he said another comforter who is the spirit of truth, they could see the working of the Holy Spirit upon the Lord Jesus. They understood that. I'm going to have another you with me. Okay, 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 okay. Are you understanding? So it says again, they don't see him and neither do they know him. Keys to receiving the Holy Spirit for us today in the body of Christ. Two things. Observe him. Consider him. Think on him. Discern his presence. Acknowledge his presence. This is how you're going to receive him even more so. Acknowledge his presence. Holy Spirit, I'm looking at you. I'm, 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 my purpose is to find you. I want to think on you. I want to meditate on you, oh God. I want to meditate on you. I want to think of your goodness. I desire to know you. I desire to be even known by you. I desire that relationship with you. And Jesus said, the world doesn't do that. But if you do that, you will see him. You will know him. He will enter in. You will receive him. Did you catch that? So many people in the body 
wanting. I know people, they say, I want to receive the Holy Spirit. I want to receive the Holy Spirit. I want to speak in tongues. We'll begin to look for him. Tonight we see him in scripture. I can see him very well. I can see him very well. My spirit man is exploding on the inside. I can see him. And I'm endeavoring to get to know him. And those two keys there, the Lord said, the world won't do that. But if you do that, you'll receive him. You receive him in, his, in the fullness. I'm not talking about the initial um, endowment or deposit of God's spirit at, the, at conversion. But I'm speaking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. As we begin to think on him and, and we'll... We'll give some other things, but that's that's all we have. That's all our I have more. I have more. Uh, but our time is over tonight. Did you receive the word of God tonight in Jesus name? Did you receive the word of God? We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.